Hello, and welcome back to Craft Services. Today, we were supposed to have Jeremy Woolsey, the art director for Defy Bloods, to talk with us today. Um, but due to scheduling issues, that never ended up happening. So instead, you're just going to have to listen to me and Trent talk with our friend Jackson Clark from college about the film. Yep. Stay tuned. going to move on now to our group discussion portion what did you what do you guys think of this film my initial thoughts i really liked this movie but i feel like for every couple things that it did right that i really liked it did some like a thing or two that held it back for me i agree that i really enjoyed the premise i like their performances uh, i thought it was a really beautiful film but i agree that there were some subplots I didn't think that were fully explored and there were definitely some elements that I thought were not executed to the best of their ability and I had some other qualms that we'll get into later but overall positive it was a uh, good experience I was thoroughly entertained, if nothing else. I, I really, really like this movie. Only problems I had with it were kind of specifically like the way that it ends. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's just for a Spike Lee movie, it feels like, okay. And it's Spike Lee doing, falling into his formula again. I just thought like in, around the middle, there were some pacing issues. But other than that, I really liked it. I had a good time. What was your problem with the ending? I don't necessarily have an issue with the way that it ends. If this was the only movie and I had no prior experience with Spike yeah then i'd be like oh wow this is a really cool movie i really liked it but it's like every one of i've, I've only seen black Klansman, malcolm x and this and it's like every single movie of his that i've seen has ended with a montage including some real life footage i'm not asking for spike lee to be subtle but it just feels like he's got a certain formula and i would like to see him I really like how, what he tackles. I just wanted to tackle it a little bit differently now. The ending of this movie, I was definitely expecting more of a Black Klansman conclusion where there's like topical footage of recent events, especially because like Donald Trump and the current state of affairs are like thoroughly discussed throughout. But instead, it was just the video of Martin Luther King saying that he was murdered not long thereafter and i was expecting more of like a, a a cherry on top or a way to tie it back into modern times because i feel like that's always a focus with spike lee my biggest problem with the ending was that early on in the film they talk about how they wish that there was a vietnam war movie that discussed the black experience and had real heroes and wasn't just an attempt for hollywood to like win the vietnam war and then this movie they win the vietnam war just like they it's said true. they wanted a movie that didn't happen and then they just went and did that and i thought that was pretty lame. i i think they kind of do a good job of showing that america pretty vehemently fucked up vietnam i mean that don't they give like a million or something to the vietnamese guy's family and then also to the organization that's gonna help remove landmines and shit that's not like losing the Vietnam yeah, but still, War, they, like, they got away with the gold, yeah, which I wasn't away, expecting. They got, they, they got away with their with their plans, despite four of the five bloods 
dying, it still kind of was a happy ending. Yeah, I I agree, and I I, I don't think it should have been, especially. Uh, but that wouldn't have bothered me as much if they hadn't like earlier on said in the movie that. said that like we want a war movie that doesn't just like reclaim a victory for America. It was a happier ending than I was expecting for sure, but I didn't feel like it was like the most pro-American fuck yeah we won type ending. Like they got they got away with the money and. Or at least, like, the one survivor did and, like, donated it to good causes, which is, like, a victory. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I that guess felt, that's fair. It felt counter to their prior points. I think that, like, varying amounts of focus were given to the different members of the Five Bloods. So much so to the point where I knew at least two of them were going to die just due to the lack of, like, screen time and subplot. But it did subvert my expectations by killing other main characters as well, which is always appreciated, as that is rare these days. Talking about um, the Bloods dying, I think that... Which one is it? Is it the guy played by Norm Lewis who steps on the mine? Yeah, Eddie steps on the landmine. That scene, to me, like specifically like his like mutilated body after the fact was like comical it reminded me of tropic thunder and just like it just looked goofy like i I feel like there's no way to do gore like that where like someone's just like de-limbed like that and then they're like still alive and talking that's not going to be like funny looking and like i like giggled and i don't feel like i should have i agree that that looked ridiculous especially when like 90 percent of your body is blown to smithereens you are not conscious for any final words with you, there's no way you can have no arms, and it, and it's like gonna be like a serious scene. That's a good rule of thumb. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that, but I did find him his last words being "bloods" as he whispers it out. I thought that was a tad over over dramatic. Yeah, like it was just a little too much for me. I loved the landmine portion or the landmines throughout. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree, especially with um the sun getting like yanked off of it like that was yeah. really uh well executed suspense when they when they found the gold uh like when he was when the sun was going to use the bathroom i i liked it but then when when they when he found the gold and they were all like going down the hill that's when you were expecting them would, to find the I landmine was so stressed out i was like yeah, oh yeah. my god one of them's gonna land on it and, and um blow up and i thought I it was gonna be the, the sun one. i think they strategically bring up landmines earlier so when you see them walking around with a metal detector seemingly too good to be true obviously that has to come to an end eventually but also when the first guy got exploded i felt that that shot was going on for too long and that something bad was going to happen yeah when he just starts when When he started started walking walking backwards backwards, i knew it was he he was walking backwards with zero motivation to walk backwards i was like oh this guy's about to get blown to shit and uh you were correct i I thought the gun warfare in this movie especially the cgi bloodshed was not particularly convincing it kind of felt it kind of felt like a bad video game to me it kind of reminded me of john wick really just the cgi blood aspect of it i feel like unless you're making a movie with the kind of tone that john wick does or if you're like an incredibly good director with like a high budget like david fincher or something cg blood almost never convinces me i think delroy lindo's death in this was also funny and looked bad because of the blood effects whatever they were like wait have you guys seen platoon 
No. No, that's the Charlie Sheen movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But like, like, there's like the famous imagery of like the like Vietnam soldier like getting down on his knees and getting like shot a million times. Mm-hmm. And like they kind of did that for Delroy Lindo. And like I don't know if that was an intentional homage or what, but I thought that was like funny just because like they shot him a hundred times. Like that mm-hmm. was insane. And it just kept going on. And I thought that was like a weird, like lighthearted moment when like this character had, like nearly brought me to tears like twice earlier on in the film and now like his death is like funny. I was like that that didn't sit right. But did you think it was intentionally meant to be lighthearted or did you think it was just No, I think a it was a product of it. Like I think the it way was, it was filmed. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a misstep, like an unintentional misstep of like just like the way it was filmed, having him get shot so many times looked goofy. I, I think it's somewhat realistic. Like they had him dig his own grave, which is already rather severe. So to to shoot him a hundred times isn't really overkill. But I agree, he didn't really get like a beat of like redemption or to sit and like be sad about it because you were so overwhelmed with. Uh, his lack of body kind of pivoting a little bit what did you guys think of like like it takes place in our present day with donald trump as president um i've seen a lot of reviews where they said that they got what he was what's what spike lee was going for but they kind of just wished that it was a little more subtle did you guys have a problem with that subtle in in what in it in its political agenda like not necessarily specifically be about donald trump and that but to rather be like all these fucking Gen Z kids. I don't know. Not not that literally, but like people, some people I saw had a problem with the fact that it was so specifically in 2020. I think it's since it took place in 2020, it only made it feel like more of its time. It, it made it feel like more important with them going back. I, I certainly didn't mind it. And I don't, I didn't feel hit over the head with it. I thought it was kept in moderation and really the one character paul being a trump supporter i feel like spoke a lot about his character and about like veterans with trauma and how they can agree with trump's sensibility so it it, it all it all made sense within the story i agree how did you feel about the flashback sequences without de-aging or casting younger actors i did not like that at all I wasn't even sure for most of the movie. Like, I was like, does he, like, do they think I'm not going to notice this? Is this on purpose? And it, it really threw me off. I did not enjoy that at all. And I also watched an interview with Delroy Lindo where he says it was written in the script that the Bloods would be like their old ages in the flashbacks. Well, I read, I read an interview with Spike Lee. And what basically happened was, as I recollect it, they wanted to de-age them. What, the Irishmen caught heat and they didn't want to fall into that trap? They weren't willing to give Spike Lee the money to do it, I guess. Um, Because that movie had like a budget of $160 million, most of which went to the de-aging stuff. Which I feel is weird that they wouldn't be willing to give Spike fucking Lee, like who won Best Original or Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars two years ago. And also, The Irishman, there are significant portions of the movie... Whereas, like, here, I don't know, was it maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes where they would be de-aged? Like, I, I don't know. They should have just used younger actors. Uh, it, it, it did nothing for me to see them in their old age. Like, it doesn't seem worth it to de-age them for such a short amount of time. No, I feel like that individual element is kind of laughable. 
and it definitely like undercuts all the things I loved about the remainder of the movie. For example, like Otis's uh, Vietnamese girlfriend, lover, uh-huh. f- for whom he has a child with. This takes place in 2020, and they were in Vietnam in like the 60s. So the daughter should be at least 50 years old. Uh, and she is like in her, what, like mid-20s? The The girlfriend is, I don't know, like 50. So I just think the timeline was not really taken into account. I'd assume that this was a relationship that extended beyond the war. All of them have gray hair in the flashbacks. So that's assuming they're like, I don't know, like 50 years old already. And then they should be about 100 for which they are not. I don't think it's meant to be that they are old in the flashbacks. I think that's meant to be. I think that's meant to be overlooked. I think they should have like shaved them or dyed their hair or done something. I think for the average viewer, it might be confusing. Like, although they change the aspect ratio and for us, it seems rather obvious. But if you have a flashback and the people are the same age as they were in the present time, that's not as much of an indication as the average movie would give. This harkens back to what I said at the start, how like everything they did right like they also did a step backwards. Like Trent just mentioned, they like changed the aspect ratio, and there's like a new color grade and everything for like the like faux like Vietnam War footage scenes. Also, they're not de-aged. So like like it looks cool because of the color grade and the new aspect ratio. It looks bad because like the people are still old. It looks cool because like all their costumes and guns are like historically accurate and everything. But then they're just like running around in the open, like it's like a like a bad video game. And it doesn't look at all like the real Vietnam War footage that they show side by side with it looks like. And I, I thought that was really weird and like just like kind of lazy looking. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I liked the fact that they shot on 16 millimeter and they changed the aspect ratio to four by three. I thought that that was a novelty that as film connoisseurs we appreciated. But um, I agree that the flashbacks were by no means the strong suit. I read some complaints online about the accuracy in regards to the real Vietnam War and how a um, military advisor would have went a long way. But I mean, even to the eyes of me, who's like a layman, like like when the helicopter starts getting shot at and then they just hovered there instead of like leaving. That didn't make any sense. Never once have I really seen a helicopter crash in such a way and not explode. And have everyone survive, yeah. Also, the crashed airplane was entirely empty except for the one case of like conveniently like cinematic centered gold that if it had been scavenged, it it seems like it would have because they were completely surrounded by these forces. That seemed kind of um, coincidental. Jumping back to the military advisor, like the like all the bloods in the flashbacks have M16s, which are not fully automatic but they were all used like they were in the flashbacks. The internet complained about how they never changed ammo, like they never never changed their round, and how the Bloods were surrounded like 100 to 5, and after shooting a few of them, they entirely retreated. retreated. Yeah, it was very strange. I thought that the final showdown at like the old ancient ruins was exceptional, though. I liked it. Yeah, it, it was yeah, it was definitely better. It felt like there was more choreography put into that. 
I don't yeah. know. It, and there was a better sense of geography. I thought this movie's conclusion was going to be like, it, the lesson learned was appreciate like humans over like material objects and wealth. And after losing 80% of the the bloods, I thought the, the end was going to be them sacrificing the gold to save their lives which I feel like was the obvious ending, and I was surprised it didn't go that direction. Yeah, I what I really like how Delroy Lindo lost his gold and then, like, gave it up for Norman, like, in his, like, delusional walking. I, I thought that was, like, a really... Like, that so did I. I, re- I really loved that. Expectations. Yeah. And him talking into the camera. Another Spike Lee staple. That was powerful. Can we all agree Delroy Lindo and his character is the best stuff in the movie? Yes. Is that Paul? Yeah, that's yeah. Paul. Do we agree with that? Because that, for me, that's what it is. And that that's what seems to be getting the most, like, rave reviews and stuff. In, like, the very beginning, I was, like, really thrown off by his performance. I feel like it's a portrayal of PTSD that, like, I've never seen, like, an actor take that way. And at first, I was like, this is, like, really foreign to me. And, like, I'm not sure I like it. But, like, as it went on, I, like, I got really into his performance. And I think particularly... Like, the scene on the boat in, like, that, like, open water market mm-hmm. place. And, like, someone's trying to sell him a chicken. And he, like, has, like, a panic attack on the boat. I thought that was amazing. Like, yes, like I agree. one of the best scenes of acting, like, that I've seen in a long time. Like, that was really, really good. What did you guys think about the, like, the assorted footage intro? Is I, I thought it was really uh, effective at setting the scene, not only in terms of, I don't know, refreshing the average viewers memory of the events of the vietnam war but also setting the stage for like the racial injustices that they'll be discussing i thought it was really good but again like because it was really good they also had to take a step back and the step back was that like that like the some of the war footage they show is like horrific and like gruesome and then like when we got again like the faux old footage like it just didn't live up to the to the real stuff when you do a side-by-side comparison like that it's allowing the viewer to see like the flaws in the in the artistic interpretation when you show them the real thing otherwise they wouldn't have any frame of reference it didn't bother me too much but you i can see it being a misstep for some people but yeah the imagery within the first two minutes of the film you're seeing self-immolation and you see someone's you see you watch like a live execution and i was like damn like that's what a way to set the tone i don't think the rest of the film was as dark yeah that was something i was i was kind of taken aback by i kind of expected it i mean there's lots there's lots of violence but i don't know I, i expected something kind of more brutal in some way not necessarily physically but like something darker. I feel like it kept a mildly light tone. I, I agree with that, but I also think, I, I'm not even sure when this happens in the movie. There was one scene that got like more like brutal and dark for me than the opening when someone mentioned like like the, all the kids, like all the Vietnamese kids that were killed and they like show a couple images of like Vietnamese, like children who'd been bombed or something and they were like horrible. The LeMay massacre. Yeah, that was, I thought that was like incredibly upsetting like on purpose and that was very effective go off of that point i i like that they were able to make our heroes not necessarily the most righteous yeah they're a a problematic group and and the villains in quotes which would be the vietnamese people are not made out to be ridiculous like killing machines and it's like they've seen like 
like like you said like by showing that horrific murder the horrific murders of like these children you can totally understand and frankly they're right that gold is meant for the vietnamese people and so i kind of like that it has that complexity i wish that it had done something more it's a complex issue that they present that they then solve with a simple answer that i kind of wish there was something more with it the vietnamese people originally are made out to be like the victims like as they should be but i think it's weird that they fall back into the role of the villains like they want the same exact thing as our protagonists and they probably have more of a reason like that's rightfully their property but i i think it's weird how you were put in a position to root for the five bloods when objectively they, they may be in the wrong which makes me question because i think that i mean spike lee's not an idiot spike lee's a really smart filmmaker so that makes me wonder was he trying to make us uncomfortable with that like was he cognizant of the fact that he was placing it or was he just sort of didn't realize what he was doing with that i don't know well, i i don't think that it, it was like explicitly like the Vietnamese people have more of a right to the gold than the five bloods. I, I think they're making a case for reparations, which is a pretty strong case for stealing money from America. Well, I wasn't, oh, I, I don't think, I don't think that the Vietnamese necessarily had more of a right, but they do have a valid reason in my eyes for why they would want it. And it, the only thing I find weird is that in the end, they are codified as the bad guys. You mean, you mean like, the, like the Vietnamese guys that show up with La Roche in like the final yeah. battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like to me, I, I like, I see how that could easily be read that way. And like, that's, that was probably not a good way to, to end the movie in that regard. But I feel like to me, I read that as like, like the capitalist French guy is like fucking over Vietnam again by sending these Vietnamese people to die in this battle. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if like Spike Lee was trying to make a comment on the fact that like these rich white European people are the people that are like trying to pull all the strings here, right? So like, yeah. he's fucking over Vietnam again. So then it makes me wonder, like, does Spike Lee is is that what Spike Lee's trying to say? Because it doesn't really, to me, come off like that's it comes off to me like he was part of it, but it's also not like the Vietnamese aren't aware of what they're doing. I think it's intentionally well, I, ambiguous, I, I, and in the same way as uh, "Do the Right Thing" is, where there's no right answer, and it's meant to be discussed and argued, and it's supposed to start a conversation. I, I think that like this is intentional that like these white Europeans are pitting together two groups like the Vietnamese and African-Americans who have been like horribly and graphically and violently wronged by the United States, like pitting them against each other in like a battle for what would essentially be reparations in the gold. And that like both the Vietnamese people and the Five Bloods have like a personal and like a greater sense of like how America has wronged them. They shouldn't have to fight each other for the reparations. They should fight the like white Europeans, but like because of the way like capitalist societies are built, like they're fighting each other I, the thing is i really like that it's just that at the end of the day even beyond killing the french guy i don't know it just felt like there was a weird imbalance to me because it doesn't feel like the vietnamese people were, were given a, a fair shake yeah I, I don't know it just felt like it felt like to me like we were also supposed to root against the vietnamese people i agree yeah i i agree yeah i agree because because 
that's that's my only issue with it because I think that Spike Lee was trying to do that because he's a smart guy. He understands what he's doing. But I just think it doesn't come off that way. I don't know. It could have come off more morally ambiguous than yeah we got what we wanted it could have been a more nuanced portrayal of yeah these fighters this movie runs two and a half hours long and i think there were some subplots that were a little meandering first of all i think establishing the french guy as the uh, as like the mastermind was a little strange because you meet him 20 minutes in and they're orchestrating this deal and they're like hey kind of seems like you might screw us over and he's like yeah i won't and then he shows up and then he shows up with 20 minutes left and he's like all right you guys are right i'm about to screw you over that that felt a little like sprung on also the i'd say like romantic subplot between paul's son and the uh and hetty the landmine woman um I understand that she had to be introduced somehow, and that was an effective way to do that, but it was never really fully expanded upon. I also felt like their quote-unquote relationship was like a little weirdly developed because it was like she was kind of interested in him, and then she's like, yeah, I wouldn't have sex with you if you were the last man on earth or something like that. Yeah. And for all, for all the gold also, in the world. And then she's okay with him again. And it just felt like things were just kind of happening on that front rather than like us feeling the change in their relationship. If that's going to be a plot in your movie. That subplot didn't like do anything for me, but it didn't detract from the overall movie for me. What about the relationship between Otis and his Vietnamese lover and the daughter? Uh, I thought the, like, after we first see the daughter and she's obviously his, his, uh, and yeah, his she's child. Obviously his child. I thought that was such and a funny beat. Like, and there's like, wait, I thought that beat went on so long. And there's like, intentionally. What, what feels like, I know, but then there's like, what feels like minutes of like silence at the table. And I'm like, come on, just like, like just say it. Like, the, like everyone in the audience. Like has is thinking it. You. Like we know, we know what's going on, and then, but it just like took longer for the characters, and like I was like just like bored in that like minute of space where like I was like, come on, just, like just say it, acknowledge this. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I didn't really have a problem with it. I-, I thought the character who was mourned the least was the the blood who jumped on the grenade yeah. in the end. Wait, Although. Is- is he the character that said he would never jump on a yeah, grenade? I really like his character yeah, yeah. arc there, and they yeah. never really made a deal out of it. I but I'm glad they didn't like point out the fact that he said that earlier because I like remembered that. And I was like, oh, like that's how it turned out. Okay. Also, with the, I, I'm not sure if it's can even be considered a subplot, but with uh the guy with like the pain medication. Mm. I, I'm not sure if that was a uh, big pharma opioid epidemic commentary yeah, i don't know what they were doing with the vicodin stuff because i feel like this movie is a lot about is is very much about how war can affects like most war movies it's about how war affects soldiers yeah um and the lingering effects that it has and on the whole i feel like it does a good job of that so i thought they were going to do something where like these vets have to like take end up getting addicted to these painkillers because of you know the aftermath of things but then they never really do anything like he goes, I'm not a junkie, and then he's also he's not a junkie. Like I don't know. We're kind of shifting the conversation here to Storm and Norman. I'm curious what your opinions of his characterization 
was because, in my opinion, he was a little bit flat. Like, I understand that he was, like, kind of supposed to be, like, both the Martin, like, and the Malcolm yeah. for, for the Bloods. And, but, and, like, one of the Bloods has a line that's, like, something like, like, he taught us, like, 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 like he, he taught them about the movement. He taught them about Black Power and that kind of thing, etc. Mm-hmm. And then we never really see him, like, I don't know. I feel like all the teachable moments we saw with him were, like, like you control your own rage and we're, like, personal, like, here's what you should do with the movement on your own and weren't really, like, I don't know. Like, I kept coming back to thinking about Furious Styles. I don't know if you guys have seen Boys in the Hood, but, like, that character is, like, like a like a black teacher to the max like played by Lawrence Fishburne and he's awesome and he like talks about like everything that America has done to them and I just feel like that piece of Storm and Norman was missing and and it would and he would have been more effective if he had talked about like the wrongs as much as he talked about the solution like personally and the reparations I agree that you're more told that what he says is profound Mm -hmm. rather than being shown it because like all of the characters like clearly admire him but in the few like flashbacks you see with him like he's clearly like their squad leader and they all respect him me as the viewer because i was only told about it i didn't get the opportunity to be like well i understand what all of them saw in this character and why they were so crushed by his loss i i wish i had loved him as As much as they did they did yeah that's a good point. I feel like you needed a full-on scene with him, uh, which you never really get. You I, get, I do you think get the scene snippets. where like, he tells Delroy Linda that it's okay and it was just a mistake was really good. Yeah, yeah but it's that, also, it's that's also, like also, also end, in the like, present. That's a scene that would have so much greater payoff if we had a full scene with the Bloods interacting like on a mission or something like that because it felt like I was kind of surprised when I watched this movie because I thought the past was gonna the yeah, past yeah, scenes, I thought, there were gonna be way I thought more. Chadwick Boseman was gonna be I the thought, main character. I did too. I thought he like I thought he was gonna be the main character in the like flashback scenes and yeah there was just not. But many I mean, I guess them, if the flashback and... scenes were gonna be like how they were. I'm fine with I'm fine with there being few. I think uh, Paul's character like accidentally killing storm and norman made a lot of sense and it like put into context why he was like so like why he was more upset affected by it than anyone else when when we when we i didn't see that coming at the very beginning but when we got to the scene i was like oh he's gonna come him every night i was like oh this guy killed him i didn't know it was gonna be an accident i thought like it, I thought, I even thought it would be more dramatic if he killed them on purpose. But do you think the other Bloods knew, no, he, or do you think that it was like part he, of it? He part of what was eating we, him we alive was keeping them. the secret. Yeah, he he said like he was caught in the crossfire or something. Like the... he, he didn't tell anybody. Wait, and also in the modern times, like when they ask him like why, like it's so acutely upsetting to him, he says like I saw him die, like that's that's why it fucked him up. But it was yeah yeah. He shot him. I, well, I liked how all the different characters had different ideas on what they would spend their fortune on, how some were holding on to the idea of giving it back to, like, the black community and considering re- reparations, and others were yeah. going to have personal use, um, and how the character of Norm, who was earlier thought to be the wealthiest of them, and how he was a big man. Yeah, the the card- character of Eddie. Eddie, excuse me. Um, how he was a big name in the car dealership community, um, but how he'd lost it all. And I really think that they gave him that like last minute 
personality because they were going to kill him a few minutes later. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. One of the things I kind of like about this movie is, I mean, obviously it's about uh, very distinctly five African-American people. Um, but like, I like in the movies, a lot of the times what I find annoying is when you have a character that's in some way a minority, whether it's a black person or um, a woman or a, or some other person of color. Like what, what ends up happening is that it's like that one person that's black acts a certain way. And so it sort of happens that like, oh, well, all black people are like that. And what I like about this movie is that it gives a, a variety of like personalities and like values and things like that and that's something that i really like about it because it's like no i, I agree with that i don't know like there's no it, there's no one it, way to be black it, and there's also no one way for them to be affected by what the, by what happened exactly which is something i really i really appreciate when movies do that well, uh, another dynamic that worked for me was between paul and his son because you could like see all of the like the tension and the 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 conflict there but also like when Paul like when the son knew that his dad was like acting rather crazy and first he adhered to it and like tied up the the, the landmine people and then he decided to like betray him and it was like so emotional when he like disowned him but he like had to make that decision for like the common good do you think was, yeah. just another like silly moment just talking um, about Paul's son was I thought when like um, Paul's son got shot in the leg and they're like giving him a tourniquet or whatever, whatever and he yells Morehouse. I thought that was, I, but I don't think that was funny. I in thought a good it was so way, funny. Though. Like that was like I was like, why did he say that? Like that that was like like that was like a fully like <laughs> comedic joke. And I was like, that was weird. I didn't have a problem. I thought it was funny. While while we're on the topic of Morehouse, I thought. While the historic, the only historic cutaway that didn't really build the foundation for anything was when he was, when the Morehouse guy was on the landmine, and then he talked about, like, the runner. That didn't bother me, like, none of the cutaways to history bothered me, but I think the purpose of that was, like, I don't know, like, he was inspired, like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching or reading into this, but, like, he was inspired by a black hero, and, like, that was how he was able to save his life. I always kind of t- took it as like the effect that Norman had had on everybody was that they had decided to yeah. become more educated upon on like black history and everything like that. Yeah, that's a good and point. And so it would make sense then for him to like that to be a thing that he would t- tell his son at a younger age or something. What about the it? Do you know how there's like the radio cutaways to the Hannah? The... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of that? I really enjoyed that. Wait, and that was one that I had never heard of Hanoi Hannah. And I thought that was incredibly interesting. She is, is she a real historic figure? Yeah. yeah, she is. And I thought that was, like, really cool. I didn't know that was a thing. And it reminds me of, like, you, you probably know this, but, like, in, like, World War II, like, uh, the Nazis, like, dropped propaganda to the black soldiers about, like, how are you fighting? Like, why are you fighting if, like, you The white man's fight? war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really dope. And Hanoi Hannah practically functioned by, uh, like, allowing by by setting up m- music to be used in like a diegetic way. Okay, speaking of the diegesis, when I, I don't remember when this happened, but when like where it's like a close up on Paul's face, and then we, it like changes aspect ratios, and then goes back in time. Do you remember what I'm talking about? 
like yeah, like we like we like see the screen shrink. Like, I, I thought that was an insanely cool shot. I, I like that as well. I loved when they would cut to black and then it would they you could like see the aspect ratio expanding like vertically or horizontally um and just because it was like opening a window into like a new world and it was just very visually striking uh we've spoken our thoughts on the film uh should we should we assign a an ara- a rating i think it's time oh do do we do like Ooh, a letter it's, a, it's out of 10 okay. yeah Jackson, as uh, as the touring member, say, uh, please go first. Have at it. Uh, well, take into account the highs and lows this movie has for me. Uh, I think I, I'd go for a seven. Five being an average movie, I think I'd go for a seven. I, I was gonna say between a seven and an eight, so I'll I'll give it a seven point five. I would say an eight. It uh, a lot of the things that like with the flashback stuff didn't bother me so much, so I feel like that. If that had bothered me, it would probably have been a seven. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I think it was like markedly less impactful to me than Do the Right Thing was. Yeah, the other two Spike Lee movies I've seen being Do the Right Thing and Black Klansman. Although I absolutely adore both of those movies because of how much I like those movies, it makes this my least favorite of the three. But as we've discussed, that by no means makes it a bad movie. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. Wrap it up, Parth. Well, to wrap this all up uh, neatly with a bow, I guess uh, we should thank our guests, Wynn Thomas, production designer. I want to thank Jackson Clark for joining us for our discussion. Thank you for having me. Uh, It was a pleasure. It was our pleasure. Um, So thank you, folks, if you listen to our special two-parter. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Last Black Man in San Francisco. And with us, we're going to have an assistant director on the film, uh, Hilton J. Day. So look forward to having you guys hear that. That's all for now. See Bye. You, folks.